Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Friday. This is the last full week of August. Next week, uh, it's split. The end of August, 1st of September, hard to believe. We'll be heading in to the final quarter of 2022. Hope your week's gone well as we get ready to talk to Dave about what's happening in the marketplace, what we can expect today, and uh, what the week looks like ahead. So, hey, with that, remember that there's a lot of things in this world that you and I cannot control. But when it comes to your portfolio, you can control how much risk you have, but you need to know how much risk you have in order to control it. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to walk through our core retirement design where we help you identify that risk. Make sure you're on the right track for the retirement you always dreamed of. Dave's joining us next. 5.7 Light FM. That's Friday. Must be cash day. They're wearing plain white tees to work today. There it is. 8.39 now, 21 before 9. Time to check in on your money and find out what's going on on Wall Street. Actually, I don't have such bad news today. Let's uh, see if we can't get some bright-eyed and bushy-tailed attitude going on Wall Street this morning. Let's go downtown, check in with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services. He's on the phone this morning. Philip, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Dave. Doing well. The end of the uh, week, and it's the last full week of August. Uh, and so next week, you know, we split the week, part August, and then guess what? We hit the the last of the third quarter. Hard to believe, isn't it? Holy crud. I hadn't thought about it being the end of a quarter, but <laughs> yeah, it is getting closer. Midway through <laughs> midway through the third quarter of the year, and so far, at least this month, has been kind of a kind of an up and down rocky road. It was up yesterday. Dow was up three hundred and twenty-three points. S P was up by fifty-eight, and Nasdaq went up by two hundred and eight. It looked like a pretty doggone good day. Brings us up to this morning, and uh, one of my tip sheets says that uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell will be making his biggest speech of the year in just a few hours. I, I don't know whether it's the biggest speech of the year for him, but it's certainly going to be a move in the market after all of the big heads in finance meet at, uh, meet at Jackson Hole, Wyoming for a couple of days and decide how poor to make us or how rich to make us, right? Well, that, that's right. I mean, all eyes are on Jackson Hole and what Powell has to say. And, and I'm sure, based on the time difference, it'll be this afternoon before he actually probably speaks. I expect so. Uh, one of my tip sheets, I get a kick out of it. it the, the world is kind of turning on Powell. One of my tip sheets had a headline that Jay Powell has a lot of explaining to do. They're now starting to look back at when last year he was saying that uh, the Fed thought that the uh, inflation rate was just transitory and wasn't going to last. They're starting to call him out for being wrong. And I'm starting to see some of the shifting of the blame as the political winds start happening in advance of the midterms. Oh, it's not the administration's fault. It's the Fed's fault. It's all Jay Powell's fault. He's got kind of a rough road to hold politically until we get past November, I suspect. You know, everybody's going to shift the blame, right? Nobody wants to blame for where we are right now. But it, it lies solely on uh, on the guys in, in Washington and what's happening there. I mean, the Fed's played their part. But, uh, you know, we continue to see trying to get inflation under control. And, you know, I found it interesting. I saw an article by um, Jeremy Siegel. And a lot of people don't know who he is, but he is a uh, professor at the Wharton School of Business. He's highly sought out as a speaker, very well, uh, very well known in that world. Um, and, and he said that, he feels like we only need a 1% more rise in interest rates 
And he says the market thinks that it's going to be more like one and a quarter to 1.3% is what the Fed's going to raise before. And I thought this was funny before they start re reducing rates again. So, so we're climbing this mountain up the, the scale of interest rate hikes only to, to think, I mean, from what he's saying, he thinks second or third quarter, they'll have to reduce interest rates, uh, start reducing interest rates because of the, the recessionary or the inflation will hopefully be under control and the recession is going to be hurting. So at that point, they'll start reducing interest rates and we'll start descending that mountain. Talking before we went on the air, my gut reaction to that prediction was, "Why in the heck don't they just do it right the first time?" Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that would be that would be you know that'd be too easy it'd, for the Fed. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd also be novel for the Fed because I've I've said before the uh, the World Bank has always rated our Federal Reserve as being one of the least effective central banks in terms of actually regulating the movements of the economy. And uh, in their defense. Uh, we've got a we, we've got an aircraft carrier of an economy here, and it is doggone hard to regulate. So I'll give them a little defense, but we don't have a particularly good track record in terms of our Federal Reserve applying the right amount of medicine at the right time and stopping in time either. And that's what we tend to have when we do have a recession. It tends toward being pretty painful, and some of that actually does end up falling on the Fed, although when you get Congress fighting the Fed by throwing more and more and more money into the economy while the Federal Reserve is trying to tighten the money supply and get inflation under control, it, it really ends up becoming a clown show up in Washington in general, doesn't it? Yeah, you're, you're talking about the way they added, I don't know, trillions of dollars because they're forgiving student loan debt as a additional money put into the money supply, Dave? Just a little bit. <laughs> I could make an argument either side on student loan forgiveness. I mean, I make the argument either side, but on a macroeconomic basis about the last thing in the world the economy needs today, right now, is pouring that much money back into the economy. 12, 14 months from now, have the argument, and I might have a different viewpoint that I do today. But, you know, there, there are times and places for every motion and every movement, and this is not the time and the place to pour additional trillions of dollars into the economy and liquidity because, well, we're trying to slow things down for crying out loud. Yep, I agree with you, Dave. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> and there's my rant for the day. <laughs> uh, we start out with the uh, government data dump this morning, and we actually have some good news in the process. PCE inflation, that's the number that you don't hear very much. It stands for personal consumption expenditures. And no, it's not the CPI. What it is, though, is it's the index that the Federal Reserve watches to make their decisions. And this is interesting. July PCE inflation was expected to be up by one-tenth of a percent. It was actually down by one-tenth of a percent, and that reduced our year-over-year -year PCE inflation rate from 6.4% expected, 6.8% last month, all the way down to 6.3%. And uh, that, you know, regard it doesn't matter what your politics are. From the standpoint of the benefit of the economy, that's good, and that may very well make some of Powell's statements after Jackson Hole more interesting. Well, it will. And I find it interesting as we look at some of these numbers, because the futures don't like them. Um, you know, we were we were green 
uh, up until uh, about 8.30, and now we've <clears throat> continued to move into the red. So uh, I'm not sure what they what they don't like about those numbers. To, to me, they look like they're some good news and that uh, the Fed should like what's happening there. Uh, my presumption might be that they're showing a trend downward faster, and they're assuming that the Fed has already baked in another interest rate increase, and that means the possibility that we're having another one of those Federal Reserve overreacted too fast uh, syndromes going on. That'd be my guess what the traders' reaction is to good news, knowing they're going to have another interest rate increase at the end of next month. Well, I guess that could be, because that's going to put more pressure and then reduce these numbers probably even further um that and they and at some point they need to level off uh yeah down the line which means probably the your 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 uh your columnist is probably right that we're going to end up overreacting and having to loosen up next year again <laughs> whole bunch of companies still reporting at the tail end of earnings season can you give me any good news this morning you know as i'm gonna say it's kind of a mixed bag I did want to lead with a couple of things that are not earnings related because I didn't realize these were coming down the pike and it caught mm -hmm. me off guard a little bit. But uh, it looks like Amazon wants to get into the gaming business a little bit oh. more. Yep, they, uh, they said that there's supposed to be an announcement today for Amazon to buy Electronic Arts, the big video gaming company. Wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, so electronic arts is obviously uh, benefiting from, uh, from that. And they're actually trading up this morning about six and a half percent. So some, some, some good news there. Um, but Hey, you know, when Amazon wants to buy you, that's, uh, that's a big deal. It indicates the, they see them. EA used to be the 500 pound gorilla on, on electronic games and they're still a big player. Yeah, they are. They're still a big, big player out there. So we got a couple things coming out. You know, we, we talked a little bit about Gap. I can't remember if it was this week or last week, Dave, but uh, Gap reported. And guess what? They had an unexpected quarterly profit. Isn't it nice when you have an unexpected quarterly profit? That uh, <laughs> beats the heck out of, a, uh, of an unexpected quarterly loss, doesn't it? Absolutely. And so they beat uh, across the line. And, uh, and and did well. Their results were good. And so they are trading up today. Let me find the right one there. They're trading up almost 7% this morning. Boy, make, make money when they don't expect you to. Everybody loves you. Uh, that's right. That's right. And so uh, I was trying to see if I had anything else on the retail. Far-fetched. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Far-fetched's industry. I mean, I know their industry. They're a, lux a luxury retailer. That I do know. I, I you got got me drawing a blank on that one too. Um, but they reported a smaller than expected quarterly loss, revenue that was ahead of expectations, and so they're up fifteen point three percent. I wish I knew who they were yesterday. You know? Yeah, we would have bought them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, we got a couple other household names out there. Uh, we we talked earlier in the year or last year about a firm holdings. A firm, you know, is the one that teamed up with Amazon to be their buy now, pay later service. Mm -hmm. um, and they uh, they had an unexpected quarterly loss, you know, weaker than expected outlook for the quarter. And so uh, they're getting um, clobbered this morning down 11%. Ouch. Evidently, the credit card is still the preferred way to buy with Amazon. Huh? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Mm -hmm. I had uh, Dell Technologies reported. They uh, Their revenue was below forecast. Uh, in terms of sales, 
And, uh, you know, they're, they, they benefited, obviously, when, when COVID was around the pandemic because everybody needed to upgrade stuff to be able to work from home. Well, that's gone now. And so their uh, sales are a little down. They're down about four and a quarter percent. And then I'm going to leave you with this one. We throw this one around every now and then because we've got a local uh, establishment. Ulta, the, Ulta the, the beauty store, uh, yeah. you know, they had better than expected results for the quarter. And then they turned around and, and issued upbeat guidance uh, for the rest of this year. So good news for Alta. They're trading up 3.3% this morning. Anytime one of our local chain operations ends up uh, with a good quarterly report, it makes me feel good. We don't need more vacant space in this town. That's right. Uh, re- resetting the table update yesterday on Wall Street. You kind of alluded to it. And uh, as near as I can figure, we're having a good news, bad news day in which good news on the economy is bad news for the market based upon what you're saying. 45 minutes early. What is going on? You know, it's just a, a, a little green here, a little red there. Nothing major either way. The Dow's actually in the green right now, up $10. Uh, the S&P 500 is down 5 and the NASDAQ 100 is down $22. So, you know, nothing drastic, but uh, but still, that's what the colors look like now. Silver is actually up almost a half a percent. Gold's down three quarters of a percent. And then crude oil. Down uh, from yesterday, pretty nice. Uh, flat from the close is at ninety-two dollars and fifty-three cents a barrel right now. Still over ninety. Sell gas. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the price. yeah. Don't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> that, that's it. Overseas markets mixed bag in Asia. Uh, Hong Kong still likes the Chinese stimulus program they put out. It was up a full one percent. Everybody else was just frittering. Europe is frittering just slightly below the zero mark midway through their day. No great trend evident there. Keeping tabs on one's retirement is important. Keeping tabs with the help of a pro makes it something you can feel good about. How do I get a hold of you to make sure my plans are intact? You know, when it comes to retirement, there's a lot of things we can't control out there, Dave. But folks can control how much risk they have in their portfolio. And to do that, we developed our core retirement design. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to walk through our core retirement design phone consultation. And then join us this weekend. That's tomorrow. 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730, 95.3 FM. And you can get the app that they have and listen right there while it's streaming. That's right. Search for it. We're on News Talk, 730 a.m. Look for the app on your Apple or your Google App Store. Philip, thank you so much. You have a marvelous weekend. We'll catch you Monday, all right? All right, buddy. You too. Be well, my friend. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. Get some downtime. And I hope you'll join me again Monday, same time, same place. Until then, so long.